Hey, everybody. Welcome to MSP Initiative's wonderful weekly call. Today, we have Tara Rama in the house. Hey, Tara. Hey, Ken. You. It's been so long since I've seen you. Uh, I mean, it's hours, I think, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's about 24 of them, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, so great to be filling in for George, who's uh, traveling to countries of other origins. And I think he's on his way back today, but I know he's traveling around. Uh, so first off, let us just do some housekeeping and then we'll jump right into the conversation. Um, as you know, MSP Initiative records all of these. So if you don't have a chance to see them live, you can always go to the MSP Initiative page and check out all the casts from all the ones they've done in the past. Um, and there's been some pretty cool ones, but I think Tara is going to knock it out the park today. Um, also, MSP Initiative does the parties in the industry. And coming up soon is, oh, I need the host again, Jen. Sorry, so I could share this. Um, MSP Initiative is hosting um, the biggest party of the year. And honestly, last year's party in Orlando was during a hurricane and still was the biggest and best party I've ever been to in the channel. And I think you all know I've been going to parties in the channel since before electricity. So I think we're, you know, cause I'm old. Um, so we all, we all know that I've been to quite the amount of par parties last year was the best party I've ever been to. It was amazing. It was insane. It will be better this year because George does not like to be outdone. He did it big last year. He's going bigger this year. So we want to make sure you guys check out what's going on this year. I'm just going to share my screen real quick. There we go. So we have, we are, it's going to be November 8th. It's going to be in Orlando Icon Park, the same place we had it last year, although with no hurricane in lieu, we're going to do it on the big main stage that's going to be outside. So you know what? It doesn't matter. Whatever hits up, whatever hits this thing, these guys know how to throw a party. Make sure you go to the MSP community page, MSPI's community block party page. Check these out. You can check out videos from last year, but make sure you log in and register. Lots of cool vendors on here sponsoring. Um, Taylor Business Group being one, Emmy Bot being another. So we're both sponsors, oddly enough, on the show today, but not hard to do when you have this many sponsors pulling it together and being a part of this. So super cool. Make sure that you guys go to this thing and register. You do not want to miss out. You don't want to be saying like a lot of people said last year, I had FOMO. I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe I let a hurricane stop me from going to the best party in the channel. So make sure you're out there because like I said, I can't say it enough. I love this event. Um, the parties are always great when George put and George and team puts them together. Um, he's got a great team behind him and they just always, always, always pull through no matter what happens, even a hurricane. So Tara. Hey. So glad <laughs> to have you on here. I feel like I, I know so much, but maybe so little. So now you're gonna you're in the hot seat. So we're gonna learn a little bit more. So how about we start off with um, and you have a unique uh position here because you have a dual position and I think it's really cool so you have you, you're like me you, you know both sides of the fence except you're doing it at the same time you crazy person yeah I'm a nut <laughs> it's fine I'm having a good time doing it um time management has become incredibly important <laughs> the past few months 
Yeah, I work for Immense Networks, which is an MSP based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We've been around for, gosh, almost 20 years. I've been with them 11 years, and I'm VP of Operations for the MSP, and I have an art degree, so I got kind of pulled in to work on some of the branding and the parties and events, and I'm, I love logistics, too, so I like putting on all this stuff. So I actually have a ton of fun um, I with, like, the one that George is throwing. We loved it last year. It was awesome. The ride home though was a little sketchy on that bus, guys, because that's when the hurricane was actually hitting. And that was a little um it was a little scary, but had a great time. <laughs> you got you got a little lucky though, because we had to wait, we had to clean up afterwards. Oh yeah. So everybody was gone. And then we saw people who didn't get on the bus and waited and were like, uh oh. Some people just couldn't because they couldn't get Ubers, things were getting a little tied you know, up. Yeah, we were there running and- them. I think we were there until 3 a.m. or something like that, whenever it was. And we were watching the storm kind of come through while we were inside trying to pull stuff down and, and clean because, you know, obviously it takes a community to help out. It, it was cool. That was the other thing is there were people that had no business helping. Like they didn't have any reason to help and they did. Like they stepped mm-hmm. in. Um, and we've seen this happen at a bunch of events where vendors, MSPs, just want to pitch in and help out. And I love that. Like, that's, what's great about our community is all these people pitched in and helped out. So of course, George, you know, had to grab rides for people and help people out. And anybody who's ever worked with George, you know, that uh, if you go to one of his events and there's something going on or somewhere near, he sends rides for you. He has people come pick you up and he just always wants to accommodate the community and try to help and get things and get people to where they need to go. So that's, that's a cool part of that. Um, So from your dual role, um, why don't you break it down into, you know, what exactly you're doing for Emmybot and what Emmybot does, and then break it down into what you do for Immense and what Immense does it's a little bit deeper on both levels. And then we'll, we'll go, we'll go some questions after that. Awesome. So with Immense, I'll start there since I've been there longer and it's been around longer. <laughs> um, I started as literally the executive assistant to Brett and Darren 11 years ago, the two owners, like buying their girlfriend's gifts. And just, you know, doing, I mean, I'll never forget the first week I worked there. Darren was like, take apart these computers. And I was like, how about no, (laughs) I don't know anything about any of this stuff. And he's like, just look at it this way. Anything you break, I know how to fix. Like you, you can do it. So yeah, they, I guess I always make the joke. They realized I had a, a little more of a brain than what they were kept giving me of, Hey, go to Lee Michaels and buy jewelry or whatever. Um, so I learned all the connect wise stuff. I, I hope their girlfriends re- aren't watching now. They're, uh, wives. They're <laughs> and, wives. Okay. But one actually gives me credit for half of their relationship in the beginning because she <laughs> loved everything I bought her. I just want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, no, we, I mean, I learned all the ins and outs of we were a block hour shop at that point so we weren't even an MSP yet and learned about all that and then I've just kind of moved my way through and built the processes on the service department I was handed service years ago as the service manager and I do not have a service background I do not have a technical background I am a people person you probably know that Ken I know you pretty well now um people are my passion and I like operations but do you know I'm Ken, by the way. I'm sorry. Inside joke. Gotta let that go. You gotta let it go. I accidentally introduced, I introduced myself to Ken twice because I have a terrible memory just in general. And we had met through a video call. First off, I hadn't seen you in person the second time I introduced myself. So that's fair. Um, But yeah, so I learned about the company and I just kind of 
moved my way through and begrudgingly took over service and <laughs> kind of worked with the C-levels and got a peer group. And I was like, if we're going to do this, you're not going to set me up to fail. So um, we, and my, I had to increase our gross margin. I had to do all of this super fun stuff that you learn all about being in peer groups um, and to take the company to the next level, really, because we became an MSP and you know, I didn't want to fight with people about their bills of, hey, I billed you all these hours because, you know, we worked them all. So we ended up becoming more efficient. And in the process, Darren found out that going to his peer groups, everyone was writing the same scripts. Everyone was kind of doing the same things. And at the same time, my help desk was exploding every time we did a computer deployment because something was missing, something was wrong. Somebody down the hall wants this random version of a piece of software they probably shouldn't be using. So we had to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, so we built the processes manually, you know, those checklists that you take into your client. And they're like, okay, Mr. Client, here, Miss Client, check off that I did everything I'm supposed to and sign it. Well, something still always missed. And Darren was just like, I can automate all of this. So luckily him and Brett both have development um, development backgrounds, I won't say degrees, backgrounds, and are very passionate about PowerShell and, and things like that. We actually send our entire MSP staff to PowerShell training. Um, don't expect them to know it through and through, but at least have, you know, a basis of right. it and a knowledge. Right. So, and we made InBot. I let them break our stuff internally for about three years. <laughs> there were, I mean, if you asked Darren, there were a lot of fights. Uh, a lot of, we came to blows a few times. Um, <laughs> a lot of, you broke everything overnight. What are you doing? Uh, and then we, yeah, we um, got some people on a beta of it that were in our peer groups. They let us break their stuff for a little bit. And the product has done a 180 from what it was six years ago when we started this to when we brought it to market. And it just keeps growing. And we turned our whole development team internal. And it's been a really fun ride just to watch it and see people that love it and use it. and the efficiencies it does. So it's kind of, oh, and I plan the parties for Emmybot and I go to events, I wear glitter hats. You'll notice me around. <laughs> I'm aggressively friendly. So <laughs> She even introduces herself to people she knows. It's great. Yeah, I do. <laughs> See, that was perfect. Um, yeah. And I can attest for both sides of that and, you know, having uh, talked to you more than more than a couple of times, uh, you know, you you really do know your stuff, and it's a lot of fun to to have a chat with you. Not just from the know your stuff part, because we both have a lot in common on the other side of the fence, right? Um, we're both Disney freaks, right? <laughs> my whole room that I'm in right now is full of Disney. I just, just I just admitted <laughs> that on a live video, but that's all right. I think everybody who knows me knows that. Um, yeah. So. You know, from a standpoint of, of, you know, there's so many challenges there. And, you know, I feel I feel the pain when you talk about going from being break, fix, block, um, going to MSP. And, you know, obviously just going to MSP wasn't even uh, the end, right? Because you go from MSP that just kind of learned what MSP is, right? As you're rolling through this process to, oh, crap, being an MSP means constantly evolving and moving to the next level. level. So, Dig in a little bit about those challenges that you had in the MSP side, going going from where you were just going from that block side to the MSP side. So the people who are on here can kind of, well, one, connect and feel the pain, but also learn about it if they're just starting. Um, and then on the flip side, I'd like to hear about the challenges of taking a, a startup vendor 
you know, in the space, software, a SaaS company into the mm-hmm. space, right? So those two dynamics, and it's kind of cool because I feel like I have two guests on the show, but I'm getting two for one right here. So start with immense, like those challenges going into the MSB space, especially for someone who is in the role of pulling it all together. Everybody else is running around doing all that work and you're the one with the process side. Yeah, so that was actually super interesting for me since I don't have a technical background. It, it, I had some combative staff at that point mm-hmm. who just really weren't on board with it. So a lot of it came from top down. There were a lot of really hard and heavy conversations between, you know, Brett and Darren basically handing over the reins and being like, no, we're tasking her with doing this. Like you are now reporting to her. You don't get to come to us on all of these things anymore. And in addition, people don't like change. Like don't expect everyone to be on board immediately. It's (laughs) not going to happen. And it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. So we would implement a process and we would test it for a bit before we implemented it. You know, I got their buy-in. I tell them the why. I was explaining to somebody yesterday, actually, that, you know, when I needed real-time time entry, I showed them the money that we would lose by them not entering an hour a day and be like, you know, you guys come to me and tell me you are overworked. I can't prove it. And I'm metrics driven and data driven. So I'm like, this is, you have to show the entire process or you're not going to get the buy-in and you're going to get those fights um, or disagreements. And the other hard thing is also training your clients. That was... (laughs) That was an interesting thing. You know, you think they're going to love, oh, we have one flat rate, blah, blah, blah. But when you start working on urgency and priorities, not everything is urgent anymore and not everything's a priority. And that's really hard to explain to them, especially ones you've had for a long time. So it, you know, we got through the hurdles. We had a lot of, we had to actually do account management. That was not something we've had really before. It was, this is why we're doing this, Mr. Client. We are increasing your bill times three, but you're not getting hit with overages anymore. You know, the only out of band things are projects and we're going to scope all of those out. So I think a year or two of it, it was rough, especially implementing dispatch. There was no cherry picking anymore. There was no, you just get to pick your tickets. Having people come in and work their schedule it was interesting, but now I will say we've been in the MSP model for what, eight to 10 years almost. And they love it because they're like, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't have to like guess. I don't have to make it up on the fly. And the way we run it is we do an afternoon meeting and they have all looked at their schedules before tomorrow. So they know exactly what they're going to be doing. And we can kind of combat any questions then. And a lot of it is just open communication and trying to keep everybody together. And we do a lot more meetings, which as someone who hates meetings, <laughs> like I should say, I hate unproductive <clears throat> meetings. Um, I have to have a, like, it has to have an agenda or I'm not going to attend. There are a lot of meetings I have removed from my calendar. If I'm like, okay, what's this meeting about? <laughs> I'm like, nope, I'm not going to that. You don't have an agenda. <laughs> so I think the biggest struggle is though moving from block hour to MSP is really people problems. So you have to have somebody who is, very invested in people and people operations. And I don't want to call it HR because it's not the benefits. It's not any of that. It's literally just the people. So yeah, I think if you can combat that, you can do it successfully, but a lot of it is explain everything on the front end. Don't assume anybody knows anything because they're not. Because they don't. No. 
no. <laughs> and then, so with Emmy, so that's interesting because if you think about it, we went from one billing model as a block hour to a completely different billing model as an OSP. And now we're in the SaaS vendor and this is completely new to all of us. So I always joke that we're kind of fumbling our way through it together. And I thank my team a lot, (laughs) you know, because I make mistakes. We all do. Um, And I'm very quick to own up to the mistakes I make. (laughs) But we have a really loyal and solid team. So, you know, we've had, I think our average for a staff member right now is something like eight years. Um, And it's, I mean, we genuinely care and we love what Brett and Darren are doing. And I am so glad that they are visionaries because I very much am not. (laughs) I am risk adverse. I just like my little bubble. (laughs) So, but the team has been awesome. We've been able to turn them internal. We've, we've picked up more staff and it's, it's been very interesting because last year we grew 12% month over month on Emmy alone, which is just, that's, that's insane. And yeah, this year we're about five, 6% month over month, which is still as a SaaS company, like that is bonkers. And so we're having different struggles because it's like, okay, now we actually have to staff for all of this stuff. Like we started with a dev team of three and a half because one was an intern in college. And now, I mean, I think we have like 12 people that are 12 or 14 people that, and they're all over. So that was the other thing is they're all over the country. So we're no longer just hiring people in Baton Rouge. So that's also been a big change. And how do you manage the culture of that? Because it's very different than having everybody in the office together to be very intentional. So it's very cool. So, so as a person, since I don't know this, but as the person who had to be the direct relational to the customers and setting those expectations, were you always, because I know now you are, so that's why I'm asking this question. Were you always able to separate your individual from your role so that you wouldn't take the abuse you were getting from the customers as harshly? Because I know in my experience, I've always had people in my organizations that I thought could handle the job because they had a special mentality and they could do things. But even the ones that were a bit soft skinned, I guess I'll put it, um, I taught over the, over years to do that, right? You have to teach them that, Hey, when someone comes at you, it's about your role. It's not about your individual. Right. And you have to separate Mm -hmm. the two to be able to not worry about it. And I know now you can handle just about anything. You, you handle me when we're on the road. So no, you can handle anything. For you, was it something that you had to learn over time too to kind of separate so you weren't feeling that like they were attacking you and they were coming at you? You know, how did that process look for you? So it's funny, back in the day, Darren told me I'm really good at separating my personal from my professional. However, I, it's I think it's a learned thing more so yes, than it anything. Is. It is. Um, because I make this joke that every Thursday at 2 p.m. when I was going through all of this transition, I cried in the bathroom. <laughs> And like, I make it as a joke, but it's definitely happened. (laughs) Um, But I think for me, a huge part of that, and I I am an advocate for peer groups. It was my peer group. I was in a service management peer group for Evolve. And now I'm in um, one for PAX8 that's like operations directors or COOs. And having that, and I don't care what kind of peer group anyone goes in, Taylor Business Group, whoever. I just think a peer group is important because 
having just that support system to be like, okay, let's take a step back when I'm in those panic attacks of this person hates me. And it's like, no, they don't hate you. They hate what you're doing, but it's not you. So, and, and it was the reassurance that I wasn't doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. It was potentially, they were the right person we had on the team at the time back in the day, but with this transition, you're not going to keep all of your staff. It's, I mean, I know, I know MSPs that I've had hundred percent turnover on technicians because people are like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want accountability. And it's like, okay, well, if I implement it and then I hire someone new, they won't know any better. And right now you're being toxic to my culture. And that was probably one of the hardest is we had, we've had a few people who just, as our culture changed and as the companies grew, they didn't fit. And as a personal thing though, we loved them. We cared about them. And it was like, okay, how do you separate that? Like there were people we kept on staff for literally years, Ken. Yep. And, and then when they ended up leaving, like either of their quarter of ours, people would come and thank us. They'd be like, oh my God, like we've been waiting for you to do that. So I think it's a learned thing. I think, I mean, now I, I know I've told you, I, I almost put on a persona when I'm in at work because I have to separate it from my own mental well-being. Like yep. I, I can't bring it home with me. And, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I've also grown up. I started with Brett and Darren when I was what, 25. So there's a big difference between being a 25 year old who doesn't know themselves and then being thrust into a leadership position that you've never done. <laughs> that yep. Nobody's really guiding you on. They're just kind of um and no like no fault of Brett or Darren they are both highly technical and they've admitted sometimes they're not the best leaders and they hire for their deficiencies and they're very open about that so and being a 36 year old who has been through a lot of things um personal and professional like I'm a cancer survivor so I put a lot of that in the perspective of that too if I start having a meltdown about something I try to take a step back and go, okay, grand scheme of things. Is this that important? Right. Yep. You got the right mentality. I mean, Ryan. <laughs> no, that's the right mentality. And, you know, I mean, first of all, being a cancer survivor is, is, you know, that's huge. And, you know, it's funny because people go, well, I would never know that. Well, yeah. Cause the people who survived it did get tougher, but they also moved, you know, they moved past it and they don't, you know, you're not going to sit there and, you know, be looking down and saying, yeah, I had it. And, that's like anything that's in business, that's in whatever you're doing, you have to move past those things. Um, <laughs> and it kind of hits home for me because, you know, my growing up, my childhood was was kind of like that, right? I was in a, I was in a very bad area, area and grew up in the projects and had all these things. And then I look back and I'm like, man, like I crack up when I was going into the business world and I really was thrust into it too. I just kind of had a weird mind for IT and didn't know it. And when I got thrust into it and then realized when I had a bad day, I'd be like, yeah, but it's never as bad as what I went through as a kid, right? I didn't, mm-hmm. I already went through some pretty bad stuff. And when I say this, when I'm talking to people who are breaking into business, like there's going to be something in your life that was so hard, but man, you got past it. And to use that when you're talking about business, because business is just business. It's not personal. Sure, sometimes people can make it personal, but that's about their business still. It's not really personally about you because they don't know you. And so I love that part of what you said from a standpoint of, you know, 
going through that and then being able to use it as uh, to uplift you down the line and move down the line. The second thing you said about being able to, you know, understand that you got to let employees go, you got to let customers go and you have to deal with that part of it because if you let those people stay too long, it becomes a detriment to your business. And um, for me, it was when we, we, we got traction, we implemented traction at the office. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky because the guy who was my implementer said, by the way, you're going to lose a couple of people here. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're just implementing a process. And he's like, you'll see, let's just roll through it. And during the process, two people were in the wrong seats in the business and had to go. And when we let them go, they kind of knew it. So, I mean, sometimes they're in tune with that. We just weren't because as an owner, I was like, everybody loves me. I'm nice. I take care of them. Right. And you don't realize what you're doing until you have the put the processes in place, follow the processes to a exact T. And then when you get everybody rowing in the right direction, that's where everything changed for us going forward. We were just like, boom, lightning in a bottle because we knew our process. We started setting our upfront expectations and doing things where there was no surprises because we told people what might happen, what could happen. We weren't afraid to tell them, hey, this whole thing could blow up and this is what will happen, right? Whereas, you know, when you first start, you're like, oh, it's going to be great. Perfect. Don't worry about it. And then when it blows up, the first thing they do is say, you said it would be great. I am not a salesperson. And you hear that a lot from people when they talk about salespeople. They're like, oh, they'll, they'll tell you right, everything. And right. I'm like, no, no. Like whenever co someone comes to tell me that they use Emmy, um, had this happen at a conference recently. The first thing I ask is, okay, what can we do better? Yeah. And I've had people be like, no, I just love it. And I wanted to tell you, and I'm like, <laughs> but I feel like there's always something that we can improve on. And yep. I mean, that's just, that's just who I am. I'm not gonna, and that's who I am in the MSP too. I want realistic expectations because then if you don't meet them and you're still communicate, communicative, woo, that's a hard one. That was a good one. With, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. With your clients they respect it more, right? Oh, absolutely. I think we see that a lot with vendors right now where there's some sketchy things going on and you're yep. seeing these like, everyone's kept in the dark and then everybody's for some reason is floored. And it's just, I don't want that to be our reputation ever. We try to be as upfront as we can. And and I, th I think it's appreciated, honestly. We're normal humans. We make mistakes. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny too. I'm not a, I'm not, I've never been a salesperson and it's funny. Sometimes I'm taken as one. So if you feel like I'm selling you, then you should feel pretty damn good. Cause it just means <clears throat> I believe in it. My heart's on my yeah. sleeve I, because I don't sell. I hate selling. As a matter of fact, I've been, I've been, I've gotten in trouble a few times for saying we don't sell. We shouldn't sell because we don't have to the industry that we're in. We need to be more prescriptive. And I say this all the time. We need to be like doctors because you don't ever hear people saying, you know, your doctor tells you what to do and you just go, well, you know, I just want this one pill here. Like you don't get to do that to your doctor. Why is it that you would do that with your livelihood? Your livelihood is your business. And at immense, you guys are the doctor and you're saying, hey, we scanned your network. We went through your business. Here's the things you need to do. But you know what? Because of this industry and what we've all, what I did back in the day, I know I was a part of the problem like everybody else was. We just wanted to take anything that came our way, right? We didn't chat with them. We let them say, oh, I just want the that antivirus, but I don't want that DR. And it's like, okay, right? <laughs> and we're trying to change that now and get away from that sales approach and be more prescriptive. And yeah, I love that. I think that's the approach that the whole industry needs to take. We're doing it in very small, small, small slivers. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, but we got some good people out there pushing, pushing the right things and educating and teaching this. And so, yeah, I think that's a good point. And when you get to that point where you're homogenizing what you're doing and you're getting in your verticals and stuff, I will tell you the first time we turned away a client because they weren't a fit for what we did and we could tell they didn't value IT. It was so freeing to know that we didn't necessarily need that revenue because it wasn't going to be good revenue. We, we saw it on the front end and it was just like, as much as they're interviewing us, I'm interviewing them to be our client. That's where we've gotten to at this point, because if you're not a good fit for our culture, you're going to berate my staff. I'm actually drawing up, um, right now, basically a code of conduct for clients because they, people berate your staff, whether you realize it or not. And I'm very quick to support our staff, get on the phone with whoever's running that business. And I actually had one of our our technicians come to me and he's like, I've never had a boss do that. And I said, I will stand behind you guys hundred percent. I'm like, and we work really hard for really good people and I'm not going to let that happen. So yeah, when we now take on a new client, we're going to send them basically a terms, you know, this is how I expect you to treat us. And this is how we'll treat you in return. Yeah. I love that. And during that piece that you're talking about, you don't need their business. You don't. And when you can say that with meaning and authority, and by the way, you should start every conversation off with that. And I used to, and actually there's a movie that had this line in it, but I was saying it way before that, just so you know. Um, <clears throat> Vin Diesel and Boiler Room says this line when he's on the phone trying to scam someone, but it's different. Um, he says, I don't need your business. I value it. And that's a huge difference. When you value something, it's different. I value our relationship, Tara. I don't need it, right? Value brings something different. When you need something, that's when desperation comes in. That's when you do things that are not necessarily above board, right? That's the difference between need and value. And people get that. That's a brain, that's a little brain twitch. When you say that, hey, listen, we're going to come in and we're going to talk and we're going to find out more about your business. And I just want to say, we don't need your business. We value it. We're different. And I think that is what you were saying when you were coming across and, and pulling that whole thing out is being able to say that and really mean it and not take every client is very freeing. I love what you said about that. Very freeing. And, very freeing. <laughs> and being able to let clients go when they mistreat us. I had yeah, one specifically absolutely. mistreat me directly and I'll never forget this day. <laughs> not my finest moment at immense, I'll be honest. I put her on hold. And I proceeded to take this uh, receiver of my phone and smack it on my desk repeatedly. <laughs> we were in an open office. And so everybody's like, what is going on? <laughs> Wait, I've done that. <laughs> like, oh man. And then that client, after we let them go, came back, you know, two or three years later and was like, we'd love to come back to you guys. And I was like, nope, we're good. We don't, we don't, we don't want you back. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, there's a process for doing this. I mean, the abusive ones you should get rid of right away. That's yeah. not because that that kills your culture. It just takes everybody down and it's not worth the time. But there's a process. Uh, have you ever, I'm sure you've heard of the pumpkin plan. Mm-hmm. The book, The Pumpkin Plan, I think it's Michaelowitz, Michael Michaelowitz, but uh, I definitely highly recommend that because what it does is, first of all, if you're not doing this, you should. You should rate all your clients. And you rate them by all these things. You don't rate them just by the money they pay you. You rate them by their attitude, how they treat you, how they value it, what are they doing, how many services they use, all of these things. And then you have your list. 
And if you're planning on fully going from break fix to MSP, this is another way to do this too. You don't have to go fire all your break fix clients. What you do is create this list. And then the one, if the really bad ones, the low ones, the C's, for every two customers you get, one of those can go. Sometimes it's by a dollar value. You guys have to decide this on your own. Read the book. They have some great ways of doing it, but you're making up for it. So you're gaining and you're losing the bad ones. And over time, you'll have a group of customers that value what you do. And you'll be able to start looking for more of that and getting away from the ones that just pay bills and aggravate the crap out of your staff and maybe even be abusive. If they truly value what you do as well, those are where we get some of our best referrals are right. just people we do well with. So it's a, it's a great thing. And we did that. We took all of our customers, we lined them up and we did it by money. Yes. We did it by how many of our services they were using, if they were MSP or not, et cetera. But we we took into how do they treat everybody? Like, is the staff refusing to work with them? Because we've had that happen where it's like, oh, you, you hear the groans and it's like, what is going on? Um, and sometimes it's only one person at a company and sometimes it's a lot. And if it's one person, yeah, we can, we can address that and be like, all right, let's get this figured out. Um, but you have to put your, I am a firm believer. You have to put your staff first. Uh, yep. Clients will come as long as you treat your staff well. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. That's a hundred percent accurate. Um, maybe well, that's thanks. I love hearing that. That's why we get oh. get along so well, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, so from a standpoint of that, we talk about employees and, and you guys have a good retention, but when you're out there looking for new people, you know, what are the things, what are some of the things that immense does to get technical people onto the staff? Because, you know, Right now, everybody's struggling with this, right? We hear it all the time. Can't find good people. How do you find good people? Um, when I was at PAX 8, <laughs> they were going to the, um, Apple the Apple Genius Bar, and they did it so much that they got banned from the Apple Genius Bar because they found a lot of really good people there. I find that hilarious. Um, and it's a, it's a good point, though, because even before that, back when I owned my MSP, Two of the best people I ever hired were from Circuit City. And the reason why is they were getting punched in the face every day by consumers, okay. right? So I knew mm -hmm. they could handle over the phone, in the office type stuff, and then eventually being on the road. And one of them became like, she basically took over the whole entire technical department, all the technical yeah. services. She was amazing. I fired the guy that was that was above her. I came into the company and he was the boss and she was working on it, found out that she was doing all the work and he was stifling her. Yep. So I fired him, surprisingly gave it to her. She was blown away and at first said, I don't think I can do this. This is a lot. And then immediately realized she could and she already was. And she took off. She just took off. Um, and the other kid became like senior engineer and, and just started ripping things to pieces all from a little circuit city job, right? So what are you doing nowadays to get good people like that? So we've actually changed our entire hiring process. I don't talk oh, cool. about this a lot, actually. I don't get a lot of questions about it, but I think it's kind <laughs> of interesting because we used to hire based on technical skill. And what we found out was titles in MSPs are arbitrary. Come at me. I don't care. They are. Um, you can call me whatever you want. I want to know your skills and I want to know your passion. And like I said, I think I've told you this, Ken, one of the core values for immense is passion. I don't care what you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be technology. It doesn't say passion for technology. Mine is people. The people that we've gotten on that have been the best, longest running, honestly, 
some of them don't have backgrounds in tech. One of them yep. did, uh, I think it was digital forensics or something for um, a police station. Hmm. Like it's people who can critically think. I have an art degree, fell in backwards to tech, okay? <laughs> but right. you can critically think. And what we've done actually in our process, because we firmly believe we can teach anyone anything. If you put enough time into somebody, I can't necessarily teach you to be a good person or have good communicative skills, but I can teach you the technical part. And that's what we've done. We've taken on people who have some sort of drive or passion and fit with our culture now because we have such a strong team that knows all the tech. So we pair them up. We actually, I think in the past month, I think it's we've hired three people on the technical side, very entry level, very green. And we we have them sit with every one of our higher engineers and have them learn directly from them because it used to be they'd sit with Brett and Darren, but now they're, you know, so heavy into what they're doing. But those are some of the best people. They just learn directly from you. And then they don't come in with bad habits either. They don't have these preconceived notions of, well, my old MSP did it this way. And it's like, okay, cool. That's not how we do it. So that's been a really interesting transition. And then the other thing we did is our hiring process, the interviews are done by multiple people. So they're not going to be working directly with me most of the time. I have directors that report to me. They're going to be working with them. So we have them speak first to our our technical coordinator, our dispatcher. She gets to do a a five-minute, 10-minute phone call with them, ask them questions just to see how they are on the phone. Right. See how they respond. And then from there, they will do a technical assessment if they move on. From there, they will meet with our service manager and one other technician if one's available that day. And then from there, they do, and we do this in a very short time span. It sounds long, but it's like a week and a half if you're doing it correctly. Um, From there, we do a disc assessment, but we actually are using uh, Patrick Lencioni's, what is it? Um, It spells widget, the six types of working genius. I like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of that one. It, it, I really, if you haven't read the book, I do suggest everybody read that book and and take it. I think it's very interesting to see the results. Um, and it also tells you exactly why you work well with some people and you don't work well with some people. It's very helpful in that perspective and very easy to read. And then from there they meet, typically it's myself or Brett. And so they have at that point met five people that work in the company and every person has the ability to say, no, this person's not going to work with us. So you have multiple points of, of failure, I guess, they, where they can just be like, hey, nope, we don't want this. Right. So I, I think our staff appreciates that too, because we don't want to throw a wrench in that culture. We've done it before. And it's literally the only time I ever put my job truly on the line. We had hired a service manager and I was just, I was on the admin side at that point. I they hadn't moved me and he brought in his own staff and there was just a straight lot. You could tell there was just a rift in the middle of the company. And I went straight to Brett and Aaron. I was like, I'm not going to let you ruin something that I've watched and helped you build. I was like, I can't sit to the side and do this. I said, so I think I'm going to bow out if this is your direction. I said, if it's your direction, that's fine, but I'm not going to sit by and watch it happen. And very quickly, they were like, oh, no, what if we do this and this and, you know, you take service. And I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) So, but I'm, like I said, I'm people first and just watching that. I mean, it it tore me apart. (laughs) I just, I care. Um, 
And I don't want anyone miserable and just watching everyone be miserable in those instances. It was awful. I still have clients, Ken, this was years ago. And I still have clients that come to me and go, do you remember so-and-so? And I'm like, oh God, we're just not talking about it. <laughs> Please don't. No, I don't. I don't remember that person. Let's pretend that didn't exist. It was not a bright, a bright year in our, our <laughs> but we're well, human. We make mistakes. That's <laughs> clearly, clearly you're passionate about this and you're passionate about people and it's it definitely comes through and it's, it's really cool to watch. And I love to watch the growth of all this. Um, so quickly, I know we're coming up on time here. Um, so not so quick, we have five minutes, but so we don't have to go crazy, but where can I know? Well, I know where I'm going to find you. We're going to be at IT Nation next week at the party Yay. for MSPI's yeah. party. Um, but where can people find you? Uh, social media, you know, what's the best way to reach out to you? And then, um, and for both companies, by the way, Tara, put them both out there, you know, um, what's the best way for people to reach out to any, to you at any point? And what's the best way of people to reach out to you from events? Okay. So I am on LinkedIn. I don't post as often as I probably should, but I am at a lot of events. You'll catch me pretty regularly, either on the MSP side. I was at NextGen this week as an MSP, saw Ken, we had breakfast yesterday. Um, and then <laughs> I am going to be at IC Nation actually with Emmybot. So Brett and Darren, the two founders of both companies will be with me. One of our consultants will be with me. We love that event. It was, I went as, for seven years in a, as an MSP. So I'm a big fan of the event. We went last year as a sponsor. So we will be there. And then after that, we're taking a little break from events until I believe the first one back is Right of Boom. We are going to be at Right of Boom. So that's, that's going to be February, really fun. I believe. February, Vegas. February or early March. It's one or the other. Yeah. So yeah. we will be out there. And then we actually have quite a few events next year for Bot. So I've been working on that plan. Come talk to some peer groups, to a few, um, you know, we'll be at, I think if we're going to be at Enables Empower, I think is the name of it. I have yep, really yep, the list running the, the MSP yeah, GeekCon. Yeah, and they're back in they're back in the US this year. Last year they yes. were overseas. So that's good. Yes. So we'll be doing all of those. So you will definitely see the ME team about or out and about. And then if you want to get a hold of me, you can ping me on LinkedIn. I am I'm always around. I uh, I like it. I'm trying to grow my community. I love people like you guys have probably noticed. I'm passionate about people. But my yeah, I have an Emmy email, just trummer at emmy.bot and then trummer at immense.net. So pretty simple. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And if you hear me say it, it's not Rama. It's Rummer. Rama. <laughs> R-U-M-M-E-R. Emmy. Yep. I-M-M-Y dot bot. Yep. Awesome. Well, man, Tara, I mean, this is great. Awesome time learning a little bit more about you and what you do and how you pull it all together. And um, yeah, if you're out there and you're looking for either an MSP or looking how to fix your MSP, reach out to Tara. She can help you out with the process because she built them herself. And now they have some stuff out there to help you automate it, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. So make sure you look for her, find her on LinkedIn, reach out. Also remember these are recorded. So if you want to watch this back, there are any tidbits that you wanted to pick up on, you can watch it back. It's in every format. It's podcast. It's on every social platform. And you can rewatch it just by going to mspinitiative.com. And don't forget about the event. It's going to be fantastic. I'm not sure if it's the last event of the year, but it's definitely the biggest. So make sure you make it out there. And again, you don't have to be at the event to go to the party. If you're an MSP, 
and you're in the Orlando area, you can go to this event for free. And like I said, you're going to go to see a great concert with lots of cool things going on for free and mingle with some of the community's finest like Tara. I'll be in my glitter hat. He'll find me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a no brainer. So again, thanks for watching. George, thank you for having me host. I'm no, I'm no George Bardisi, but I try. All right. Great job. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks friend. All right, everybody. Have a great one. We will see you on the next one. Uh, These are every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. Have a good one. Bye, Tara. Bye. Oh, look at that. I think I should. There we go.